Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. The book of Matthew, chapter 6, starting from verse 7. Book of Matthew, chapter 6, starting from verse 7. I'll read it for you. It says, when you pray, don't be like those people who do not know God. They continue saying things that mean nothing, thinking that God will hear them because of their many words. Don't be like them because your father knows that the things you need before you ask. So when you pray, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name always be kept holy. May your kingdom come and what you want to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the food we need for each day. Forgive us for our sins, just as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And do not cause us to be tempted, but save us from the evil one. Very famous passage, right? Everybody in this room, I'm sure, would have heard about the Lord's Prayer. I mean, it's, it's, it's growing up in a Christian household, that's a prayer that I was supposed to learn. I was supposed to learn. So Jesus, the scenario is something like that, where Jesus' disciples are coming to him and asking him, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? What a sincere request. Teach us how to pray. And the first verse, the, what we read is Jesus saying that do not keep, do not have these vain repetitions. Vain repetitions. You don't repeat words which you do not mean. I remember a few years ago where I was speaking to my older brother who lives in Chicago. He said, he said recently I went to a prayer meeting and uh, he said, uh, and after the prayer meeting, the, the, the people, they offered us food and then we ate food. He said the time between when the prayer has finished and the time the food started was quite long. I said, why? Why was that? He said, a woman who was there was asked to pray for the food, and she started praying. She started praying and said, God, we, we thank you for everything. And she started praising God. She started worshiping God. And then she started praying like, God, I want to thank you for the chapati. God, I want to thank you for the rice. God, I want to thank you for the salad. God, I want to thank you for the lamb curry. And she, she literally thanked for the entire menu. And I was, I was there, I was listening to him, and I said, I was thinking the only way this woman could have prayed is because either she would have made it, or she would have went to the kitchen before the prayer, see what has been cooked, and prayed for it. I mean, the reason, I'm not trying to look down upon people who, you know, who's just praying for the sake of praying, but my point is that Jesus is saying, do not use vain repetitions. Don't repeat something that you do not mean. I mean, it's okay to repeat words in prayer, right? A lot of pe- times people use words like thank you, hallelujah. I'm, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong. For example, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed three times and using the same words, by the way. He used the same words. He said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet not my will, your will be done. He repeated the same words thrice. So there's nothing wrong in repetition. But what God is, what Jesus is saying that do not be an empty, what do you call, repetition. 
A pastor once, he told that Christians are more guilty of telling lies on a Sunday morning. They sing hymns like, all to Jesus I surrender. Take my silver and take my gold. I don't think in India we've ever sang take my gold because I don't think Indians are ready to give their gold for anything. I don't think we've ever heard about that. But he said, you know, if we do not mean what we are singing, these are just an empty repetitions, like a, like a parrot, right? A parrot repeats what you said. It's pretty much like that. I mean, Jesus actually condemns that in Matthew 12, 36. He says that on the day of judgment, we would have to give an account to God for every careless word that we have spoken. Scary, isn't it? We have to give an account to God for every careless word that we speak. One can pray long. There's nothing wrong in praying long. But to a wrong God, you can pray a long prayer to a wrong God. I think I've, I've talked about, I, I think I was, I was preaching on 1 Kings 18.26 during that series where the prophets of Baal were cried out to Baal and says, Baal, answer me, answer me, and answer me. And they continued this for an entire half of the day. But nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. You can pray long using, if your, if your heart is not right in the right place, you can pray long and long, but nothing would move. Nothing. Acts 19.34, a mob of Ephesus shouted, Great is the Artemis of the Ephesians for, in, for two hours. Nothing happened. When we try to impress God with, with our prayer, or even people for that sake, with many words, we are actually denying that we are actually loving God. Because we're trying to impress God. And to be honest, I am actually a, 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 a perpetrator, or perpetrator of that. I used to do that a lot. I thought the only way that you can please God is through your eloquence. And being my English as a third language, I didn't know how to do that. So I just copied words somebody was praying. I didn't know what it meant. Ecclesiastes 5.2, it says, God is in heaven. And you are on earth, therefore your words be few. What a great verse. God is in heaven, you are on earth, therefore your words be few. I mean, the, the NIV, it says that vain repetitions keep on blabbing. Like it's, a, it's from, from a Greek word, it seems, that it's called batalogio. I don't know what it means, but it means actually blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's actually blah, blah, blah. Vain repetitions, trying to impress people with your long prayers, with your, with, with your eloquence. I mean, eloquence doesn't necessarily mean the right prayer. Long prayers doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right prayer or is it God is listening to them. Mm-hmm. I remember, to be honest, this is, I remember this, this, this incident very clearly. As, as, as a, uh, because I was born in a Christian household, we had to go to this uh, Good Friday service every year. And this, this, was a, this was a norm in my house. And the standard way of conducting a Good Friday service in India is basically uh, they'll be preaching about the seven words that Jesus spoke on the cross on every word, and they'll start preaching. And after every word, somebody is given an opportunity to pray. And I clearly remember I was, I was young, and this, there was this uh, woman who was asked to pray, and she started praying. Believe me, she started praying, she started praying at one time, I lost when she, I, I lost it. Like when did she started it? To be honest, and I went. I went to the toilet. I went. I went back. I sat. I I slept. And 
She continued the prayer for 40 minutes. I'm not joking. She continued the prayer for 40 minutes. And somebody after the prayer meeting asked her, why did you pray for 40 minutes? She said, the woman who started before me prayed for 45 minutes. So I would like to, you know, pray at least for that time. It's a competition. It's a competition. Like, that's why God is saying that don't be like those Pharisees who love to sit in the front rows and just keep on saying words which do not mean nothing to you. I mean, I was, I, was, I was really, I mean, as I said, an eloquent prayer is not really the right prayer or acceptable prayer. And as I said, I, while we all read this Bible verse, which is, which is the standard, the Lord's Prayer, and I was growing up, as I said, I was, I was brought up in a Christian household, and, and I was, we had this norm that every day after your prayer, you have to recite the, the, the Lord's Prayer. I never knew that this is actually, I thought there, there are three kinds of prayer. One is a standard prayer when the service is finished. Then comes the Lord's Prayer. And then comes the benediction. I always thought that prayers were three kinds. I never knew that actually I just used to babble like a parrot. Because people around me just started, you know, saying, uh, saying the same prayer. But when I'm alone, I could not recite that prayer because I didn't knew it. Because people around me were talking about the Lord's Prayer, our Father in Heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I could not recite by myself because I didn't knew it. And I did that for a long, long time. But only later did I understand that it's not a model prayer. It's not a, it, it, it's, it's not a replica. God has said, this is how you pray. It is a prayer. God is saying, this, these are the ways that you, this, this is a model that you need to apply while you're praying. This is the model that you are supposed to use while you're praying. Don't get me wrong. I, I, there's nothing wrong in saying the Lord's Prayer. It is, it is absolutely fine with me. But God is trying to say, do not repeat like something if you do not mean what the Lord's Prayer actually is. The first thing in the kingdom series that we're looking at is that the first word is, the, the word itself starts with like our Father in heaven. It doesn't start with my Father in heaven. It starts with our Father, such a great word to start with. It says that when you say our Father in heaven, this actually prayer is actually a community prayer. It's a family prayer. We all pray together as a family. My heavenly Father has many children and I must recognize that when I come to him, I am not the only one. I am one of us, one of them. We are all children of the heavenly Father and we all pray the same thing. It is a community prayer. And in that, in that family, I'm, no, I'm not privileged at all. Everybody has the same privileges as children of God. And God is say, Jesus is saying that when you say our Father in heaven, it means that your relationship with your fellow brothers and sisters has to be right before you say our Father. Make sure your relationship with your, with your brothers, with your sisters, with your neighbor is in the right fashion. Only then you have the right to say our father. Because no one has the privileges. You do not have an extra privilege because you are born in England or Africa or it doesn't matter. Everybody has the same privileges. That's why it says, I cannot have a vertical relationship with God if my horizontal relationship with my fellow brothers and sisters is not right. Never. Imagine the, the Pharisee who came to, to, to the temple and he, and he prayed like this, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other people. 
or even like this tax collector, imagine? We can't be saying that, right? I'm not like other people, Lord, but I am who I am. I cannot pray, you know, expecting that God listen to me if I don't have the right relationship, never. It says, our father, our father. The second word is father. What a great way to say that our God is actually a father. By the way, not everyone can God address God as father. Everybody feels that I can address God as father. No. On earth, it's only the man through whom you are born you can call as a father. But in spiritual sense, only if you are born again, you can call God as father. I can call my earthly father as father. And if I'm born again only, I can call God as father. He's providing us the intimacy to call him as a father. I mean, in the Old Testament, the Israelites could never call God as father, right? It's like, oh, how can I call him father? He's God. I cannot have that, that, that intimacy with him. No way I cannot have intimacy. If he's father, why should the only the holy, the high priest go to the temple once in a year and, and, and the holy of the holy presence is behind the veil? It is impossible. If he's the father, how, should, how can I only visit him once in a year? That was the old covenant. But Jesus said in the book of Matthew 27, 51, we had the privilege because the, 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 the word of the Lord says when Jesus died, the veil was broken. The veil was broken. He was the gateway to our Father in heaven. We have the privilege, we have the intimacy to call him the Father because Jesus opened that gateway for us. And he's so intimate that he's actually pictured as the father of the prodigal son. And Jesus talked about the prodigal son. He's actually pictured like that. If you think about the prodigal son, it is not the prodigal son who's running towards his father. The father is actually running towards the prodigal son. Can you, can you, can you think about that? It's actually the father who's running towards the prodigal son and not the other way around. That's how the father is pictured as a loving father who forgives us, who loves us with all our iniquities because we as Christians have accepted him as a father. Yes, he is a father. But the, but the word says he's also a king. He is a father. Yes, he is also a king. We approach him with reverence because he's God who's consuming fire. Hebrews 12:29 he says, "We approach him with reverence because he is God who's also a consuming fire." Like as I said, it's like he's 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 God, he's my father, but he's also a king. I mean, recently, I think, uh, 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 when, when the Her Majesty Queen died, I, I, was, I was looking at those, a uh, lot of documentaries, and I think one of, the documentary, one of the documentaries I saw was where actually Prince Charles, and now King, he actually addressed his, his Your Majesty Mummy, right? <laughs> Your Majesty Mummy. Yes, she's the queen, but she's also mummy. Yeah. It's like that. Yes, he's my king. He's my father. He is my father. I can have that intimate relationship with him. But the Lord says he is to be revered. He is to be worshipped. The Revelation say in the book of Revelation, it says, Our God is not just holy, he is actually holy, holy, and holy. He's not just holy, he is holy. He's holy and holy. All the angels around him are saying these things that he's holy, he's holy, and he's holy. 
I mean, Moses couldn't see God. When God said, God, I want to see, Moses couldn't see God because the glory of God was too, I mean, it's too, uh, I mean he couldn't face it. I, Isaiah felt that he was actually a, a terrible sinner when God's presence was, was there in, 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 front of his, in front of him. Hallowed be thy name. As I said, it's you are holy, you are holy, and you are holy. That's why, you know, reverence to God is really, really important. That's why the word of the Lord says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you want to overcome, if you want to be victorious in your life, you have to revere the Lord. You have to worship the Lord. You have to fear the Lord. It is the foundation. I mean, I, I come from a land, I was born in a land where people show reverence to God in multiple ways. People visit temples without their shoes. People don't eat, fast, weep. They torture their bodies to appease God, to, to revere God, to worship God. He is the father who reigns. He is the father who is, he is actually he is a father and he is also given me, but he is also a king. I need to worship him. And he's, a, he's also a father who's, who reigns in, in heaven, who reigns in heaven. And, and it says, hallowed be thy name and not my name. Your name, your name be declared holy. It is about you. The kingdom prayer is about God. It starts with God. God, let your name be declared holy. Everyone wants to guard their own name, reputation, right? We are so obsessed about guarding my reputation, my name. But God says we must try and resist that tendency to guard that, you know. I mean, growing up in, in Hyderabad in, in, in the, as a 1980s kid, and Hyderabad is actually, where I was born, is actually the, one of the IT hubs, like information technology hubs. All the major companies are based in, uh, their, 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 their headquarters are based in Hyderabad. And while I was growing up, there was, there was this company, young, uh, a booming company, which was just booming, and every young man's dream was to get into that. It's like the Google or Apple now. Literally, it, it was like that company. Every young man's dream was to get into that company. And this, this man started this, this, this company called Satyam. And he built this $2 billion company in two decades. And he, everything was going very well. But as years passed by, he started fudging the documents and showing that they had more revenues than actually it was. So it was a huge loss to the, to the investors, to the shareholders. So literally, they, he accounted to about $1.5 billion of fraud, just for one reason, so that the name of the company is not tarnished. So the reputation of that company is not gone down. He started fudging the documents. He started falsifying the statements. And finally, it caught up with him when the global recession hit in 2008. $1.5 billion just for the, for, his, for the name. You know what the irony of it is? The name Satyam means truth. The name Satyam literally means truth. Falsifying documents. We don't have to guard our name, our reputation, or the temptation to promote ourselves, but we have to promote God. That's what the true kingdom prayer is all about. We have to promote God in the first place. There is, the model prayer is to, when you, when, you, when, when, you, when you sit to pray, you don't pray about, you don't start praying about the complaints that you have for God. You pray God for who He is. For who He is. Hallowed be thy name. 
The first word is that he is our God, he is our king, and he is our father. The second thing that I'm going to talk about is that as, as, as the prayer progresses, it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We are pleading to God, God, the kingdom that you are, you are, you, you are, you are ruling there, let that kingdom come to the earth where I am. Your kingdom, it means that you're praying, it, it, it automatically means that the kingdom is not here completely. It will not happen automatically, but a part of the kingdom is here. God is saying that you need to have the desire so that the kingdom of heaven shall come down on the earth. I mean, no, there's a, there's a lot of disobedience, right? There's a lot of obstacles. We are saying to God, the same kingdom, the same rules that apply in heaven, we want the same rules on the earth. What a great way to ask. Peter says, we are looking for new heavens and earth. 2 Peter 3.13. We are looking for new heavens and earth in which righteousness dwells. And that's what lacking on the earth. We are looking for a new heavens and the earth where righteousness dwells. When we look out there, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of violence, there's immorality. We don't have to tell what, what the world that we live in. But what you're saying to God is, Lord, let your kingdom, the rules that apply there, we want to have the same rules on the earth. Jesus said, on the last days, days will be like Noah. And I was actually, he was one righteous man in, 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 the, in, the, in the presence of evil and corrupt world. He was a preacher of righteousness, and all his prayer was, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Second Peter 2, 5, it says, without any compromise. I was, I, was, I was actually thinking about Noah. Imagine this man was given this job to build a boat. God said, build this boat with, say, with, with this dimension, in that dimension. See, God didn't, say, don't, didn't give him any helper, only his family. Remember, this guy is going to the forest every day, cutting the wood, and people are like, Noah, where are you going? I'm cutting wood. For what? To build a boat. Why? Because there'll be a flood coming. And he's going every day to, to, to get some wood. People would have been mocking at him. You are saying that the flood will come. It's not coming. Imagine Noah's answer. It will come. It will come. Hold on to your horses. It will come. It will come. And that's exactly what happened, isn't it? The flood came. But, but God is saying that Unlike Noah and his seven family members, pray that on that boat, everybody around here is on that boat. Pray that we all be the citizens of heaven. Pray that your kingdom is established on the earth and we are all citizens of the earth. How are we called citizens of the earth? Sorry, citizens of heaven. When we follow the rules of heaven, then we are called the citizens of heaven. Right? As a person born in India, I had to prove that I was eligible to become a citizen of United Kingdom. Right? Lambert? Yes? Yeah? We had to prove. We had to prove that we are, we are not murderers. We are not guilty. We don't have any offenses. We have to pay taxes. And then we swear an allegiance saying that we are citizens of United Kingdom. In the same way, we all have the role. By the way, you're not exempted. Yeah. People who are locals here, you're not exempted. You have to pray as well for the kingdom of heaven. 
I was just telling to Pastor Colin today that next week I'm going to a holiday and that will be the first time in my life I'm going to a country without a visa. (laughs) That is the first time in my life. Or else you go stand in a big line for a visa to go to the EU, this and that. Have you ever encountered that? (laughs) When Brexit happened, everybody's like, oh, what are we going to do? Do we have to stand in the line for a visa? No. Thank God for that. But God is saying, yes, you need to have the visa to go to kingdom. So you're not exempted. There's hard work. Not to you, general, okay? We all work hard, right, to become citizens. The complete kingdom of God is not yet here. We need to pray. We need to pray day in and day out. God, we want everyone, my neighbors, my friends, my extended family, everybody to be on that boat. Everybody to be the citizens of heaven. We don't want to miss the boat. And the final thing God says is that when you pray for the kingdom to come, you'll see the fruits of kingdom. What are the fruits we talk about? The rest of the prayer is all about, is our, it's like God, when the kingdom comes, God is saying, and, and the prayer goes on to say that, give us this day our daily bread. You go to God every day and says, give us this day our daily bread. There used to be a, there's, there used to be a beggar who used to come to a home back in India. Every day she used to come, she asked her food. Every day she used to come, she asked her food. And one day, I think somebody asked her, I gave you food yesterday, why are you coming yesterday? Why are you coming today? She said, yesterday's food is yesterday's. Today's food is today's. Of course, I have to ask every day. Of course, I have to ask every day. It's the same way. I have to ask God every day, give us this day our daily bread. God will fulfill your needs. I'm not sure about deeds. About your greed, rather. He says, don't be anxious for tomorrow. I will provide tomorrow as well. He showed the Israelites every day, God... We, are, we want food. Every day the manna fell from the heaven. Every day. And God said, collect as much as you want. But only collect only that, that is required for you. Don't collect more. Don't collect less. And the word of the Lord says, people who collected more, they had only, lit, only that much so that they could eat. And people who collected less, that satisfied them. And there were some people who actually stored manna. And the word of the Lord says, the manna got destroyed. Worms wept, kept into that. God says, I will provide exactly the amount you need. Don't worry about it. By the way, the manna did not fall into the laps of people. They had to collect it. That says, God, I have to work to get my food. I cannot sit on my, in my living room and say, God, provide me food. The manna did not fall in their laps. They had to go collect it. Yes, we have to ask God, yes, I need food, yes. But at the same time, Lord, I will work hard for it. You give me the ability to do that, I'll do that. And, the Lord, and, and it goes on to say that, Lord, forgive us our sins. What a great way. Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I remember a pastor once in India, he says, uh, I think uh, during the time of uh, offering, uh, offering uh, uh, money, that he said that, don't stop it, stop it. Don't, 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 don't offer any money here. If you have not forgiven any brother, any sister, think about them. Go, ask for forgiveness, and then put the money. Because there's no use of putting that money if you do not 
have the right relationships with your fellow brothers and sisters. If you're not forgiven your neighbor, all that you give is useless. It's absolutely useless. Forgive us our sins. Sin is a debt to God, whether the sin is actually coming short of God's standards or trespassing. Proverbs 28, 13, he says, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but who, he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. As I said, the fruit when the kingdom of heaven comes is that these are the fruits. The hungry will be fed. Sins will be forgiven. Your relationships will be restored. You can resist the temptations. Evil is defeated. Imagine these are the fruits. Imagine these are all the struggles we face day in and day out, right? Hunger, poverty, relationships, temptation. Imagine. Pray for the kingdom to come. Yes, a God is, he's, he, he, he is the king. He is a God. He is a father. Yes, he is that. And we need to pray for the kingdom to come. It's not yet there. As, 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 as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the responsibility to pray for it day in and day out. And when we pray for it, there are fruits followed when the kingdom of heaven comes.